Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have, should I introduce you individually or band or? Band? Sure. We've got Navin Avenue. We've got Shay and Derek here today. Um, I have known your names far before ever meeting you. And I think the first time that I met you guys in person was at the last waltz. I think so. Yeah. Um, I had, I think, talked to you on you, Derek or Santo or however, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call yourself on Facebook. Uh, and then now we've gone down the rabbit hole of, of discussing matrix philosophy. Yeah, you got you, you got to experience me in a you in a manic you in a manic way, state. <laughs> well, you you were way further down it than I was. I was like, oh, I mean, I thought I thought about it a lot, and then you started you started educating me. I was like, okay, there's I'm 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 middle of the road. Like the the sad thing is after after that phone conversation and a few days, you know, I I started uh, looking online. Because, you know, I was just thinking this stuff while watching it and realized that it was all wrong, according to the director. So, <laughs> Well, I think the directors make shit up after the fact. It's reverse I mean, engineering. and Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's art. So part of art is for the experiencer to take what they will from it. So, you know. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so let's let's start back. Uh, I know you two as a couple, but how long have the two of you known each other? Did you Are you both Florida people originally? or No. Der Derek's the Florida boy. Yeah. And then I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. How'd you make it down here? Him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you yeah. up there or you guys met? Um. Yeah, we met online. Okay. Um. On. Do you want to tell the story or I don't want to monopolize the talking on the podcast? Oh, I don't care. I mean, do you, if you want the story of how we met. Loud. I want to hear. I want to hear <laughs> you. Get, well, you're always so. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. So Derek and I, we were both on an outsider music community okay. on live journal i don't know if that's anything you've ever heard of but it's better than all the ways you could have met online right yeah yeah so i mean this story could go in a lot yeah of it, yeah it wasn't a dating site or anything <laughs> no. it was uh it was like a forum for they called it outsider music yeah. it was like music made by people with mental illness or oh, very cool. <laughs> so good music yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> i mean yeah it's not what most people would consider traditionally good music i think but it was um you know, like outsider art where people find garbage and turn it into something. Sure. It's kind of like that, but with music and from... It's like Brian Eno and David Byrne, like recording birds and trash yeah, compactors. Those, and those guys were more mainstream. But yeah, less yeah. talented. Yeah, less talented, talented. <laughs> more mainstream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever became of those guys, I never really heard I'm, much of them. After. I assume they're just enjoying life at this point. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so you guys met on the site. So how, so maybe I'll start and kind of go down the, the bio of both of you and then we'll merge it together. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you start out Pennsylvania. Uh, how many kids in your family? Um, it's me and my brother. Okay. So two. Yeah. And, uh, older or younger brother? He's older. Okay. And is he still up there? Is he here? What's he doing? He's still in Pennsylvania. You guys close? My mom. No. No? No. Okay. <laughs> music in the family? Um, you know, my dad loved music, but uh it was not my parents didn't really play music or anything like that so was it a religious family or yeah, yeah yeah conservative religious i always find that politics religion and music play such a big part in molding people how they are as an adult you know and and right. there's either the rebellion against it or yeah. there's the leaning into it mm -hmm. and 
it's like levels on a soundboard. It's like, well, I'm going to turn up the religious treble and turn down the politic bass and turn up the music, whatever. And so you get whatever version of, of that that looks like. For sure. Um, I definitely was the turn up the music and turn down everything else. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, kind of the black sheep of my family. Kripinski, is that Polish or what is the? It's Slovak. Slovak? Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? Do you, do you study that much? Do you kind of know what that, how that's kind of infiltrated your genes and what that's done to you? Like the Slovak yeah. history? Yeah. Do you have like a temper or do you have? Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Derek said you don't <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say that all Slovaks are angry people or anything <laughs> like that, but. But you have to say it. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are definitely qualities that I noticed in both my grandma and my dad yeah <laughs> so <laughs> do you remember were you listening to music a lot as a young kid i mean was it something that you know i i i'm guessing you're younger than i am approximately how old are you i'm 38 okay it's i try not to be impolite but it, okay. it, it sets me up for what you were likely listening to in eighth grade or high school or... right so i mean i guess i had a weird musical history in the sense of what i listened to Growing up, I mean, Derek laughs about it now, but I've introduced him to all of the 80s country music <laughs> that I listened to at the time, like oh, Alan, really? Alan Jackson and, yeah, Garth Brooks and stuff like that. It wasn't until seventh grade I was obsessed with the monkeys. Well, of course you were. Who, and who then, wouldn't be? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, in eighth grade, I was obsessed with Matchbox 20. This is all very embarrassing to admit. And then in ninth yeah, grade, never put out that Matchbox hey, 20. I have to, I have to <laughs> own it because I think it's interesting how you know I was obsessed with Matchbox 20. But in an interview, Rob Thomas mentioned Ani DeFranco, and so it was kind of like following that that I learned about folk music and stuff like that. And so that kind of it, I have mm. to own it because yeah, it no, it's, morphed it's part of the lineage. I am, yeah. Mm. Well, the Matchbox 20, they were Orlando guys, weren't they? Florida, I think. Yeah, I think they were late. I went to UCF, and I seem to recall they were they were hometown boys. And so it's funny you mentioned Ani DeFranco. I think it was John Nowicki who's like a huge yes, Ani DeFranco is, fan. Yeah. We we went we talked about her, at, at, you know, in some depth when we did his podcast. Um, so well, I mean, that's 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 I, that's what I love about music is you can like decide to just dive into this hole, and it you know you like this person well who did they like well who did they like who were they influenced by who was in this band whatever the thing is and it's like this little murder mystery that you can kind of track down for you know, sure yeah where it's at and do you guys know michael martz no no he's he's probably he and gabe etchazabel are probably the two deepest musical intellects that i've ever had the good pleasure to run into and uh i think i think gabe has a broader knowledge of just, you know, on this date, this was recorded or whatever. But yes. Mike, Mike can take, you know, I, I was watching this video of this skateboarder who uh, collects all this reggae vinyl and like legit reggae, not like later reggae. And it, it seemed really interesting to me. And, and, you know, sometimes I get bored with listening to the same thing all the time. It's like, I need something different. I've listened to too much of this or too much of that. So I was like talking to Mike. I was like, I think I want to get into reggae. And he's like, okay, check this out. Listen to this studio. Listen to everything by this. And, and it's just like, you know, as much of a fan and as deep of a knowledge as I feel like I have of it, there's always somebody out there that's way further down the hole. Right. When did you pick up an instrument? Um, it was when I was about 15. And were you strumming George Strait out of the clear blue sky? Or no, no, by that time I was already past. Or blue clear sky, sorry. I gotta... Past my country okay. phase. Did it you was... do any line dancing? 
Um, we did do that in school, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got like the first day off a of deer season too. Yeah, deer you? hunting season yeah. in well, Western nice. PA. Yeah, it is. It really is up I there. I never picture you for like a, a woodsy person. Well, I'm not a hunter, but you know, I've been in the woods before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were already through the country stage by that yes, point. Yes. And more into the folk singer songwriter type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, like, when I was younger, like middle school and stuff like that, I wanted to be a poet, but you know, no one liked my poetry and no one in Western PA really like read a lot of poetry and stuff like that. And it wasn't when I heard Bob Dylan, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's how people access poetry. And so that's why I bought a guitar and taught myself to play. So I owe all of that to specifically like a Rolling Stone, hearing like a Rolling Stone for the first time. It is weird how you can read poetry and you get one reaction and you put a guitar behind it and you mm -hmm. get a completely different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it helps the medicine go down somehow. I don't know why that is, but definitely very interesting. Um, in, in high school, were you in band? Did you play in any bands? Did you play live, do anything like that? Well, I played clarinet in school, okay. so that's how I played. But the guitar, I mean, my parents obviously knew that I had a guitar and that I was teaching myself to play it, but like writing songs and things like that is something that I kept secret for a sure. long time. Yeah. Um, what about after high school, college or what'd you do? I did go to college. I went to college um, in Virginia and that was kind of when I started um, just recording. Like, you know, I got my first laptop when I went away to college. And so then I started just recording my songs and things like that and putting them up online and, you know, that's what led me to meeting Derek eventually is I had, you know, wrote this album and recorded this album. And, um, yeah, I put it up on this music community and he was the only person that reached Aww. out. You, you don't want to you don't want to expound on who the artist was. I don't and... know if I wanted to go. So <laughs> it's a funny yeah, story. OK, I can go into it. I don't I don't know if people find this stuff interesting. But so I discovered this musician called Jandek. I don't know. if oh, he, yeah. I was just. Yes. <laughs> I was just talking about that with uh, Michael and Gabe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. About how like he just like send he's what's the name of the foundation? The Corwood Industries. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize I had heard about him a long time ago. I didn't realize that he had since like kind of started playing live a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, he did a few live shows. Just, yeah. And, yeah, and if you look at the pictures of him older, that was him. Oh, that was yeah. him. Those were yeah. totally like his yeah. childhood photos. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well now now I'm yeah. Jan Deck brought us no, together. No, I'm so glad. It, uh, there <laughs> yeah. you go. You just the, Jan Deck was the second clap that synced everything up. For <laughs> exactly. Us. Okay. Yeah. So I found out about Jan Deck and. This was back before he was playing live and people still weren't really sure who he was. And so I was just reading as much information on the internet as I could find about him. And I just found it so fascinating that he's the, the shadowy figure. And so I just kind of became obsessed with him. And I figured that he, I, I felt like he was gonna hunt me down and murder me in my sleep. <laughs> and so I wrote this whole album about him doing that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, does that exist somewhere that I could listen to it? I mean, it exists. I don't know. If <laughs> don't I... know if anyone's going to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I'd love know. to hear a Jandic murder, <laughs> yeah. murder ballad. But so then, yeah, I put it up online and Derek well, you also... requested a copy. I sent a copy to Corwood Industries. Did you? And he, Jandic responded. He did? Yeah. He sent me two CDs and he said he liked it and to keep playing music. 
So oh, wow. yeah, that was cool. But then I was like, oh, but now he has my address. Yeah. <laughs> now he's definitely yeah. coming for you. Best laid plans. It just, yeah. It's the only <laughs> way I was able to convince her to come down to Florida. Yeah. I was like, Jandex coming for you. Yeah, he's scared of Florida. He's not yeah. coming to Florida. He's he's like a ginger. Every circle K. Yeah, he's a ginger. It's too hot. Exactly. Jandex at every circle K might be the title of this of this episode. All right. All right. So uh, now, well, in, in putting it up, did you explain that backstory to it? So like when you found this album, did you know it was focused on Jan? Yeah, or? yeah. I was I, I was going through the Outsider Music uh, forum that we were both on and read her thing about how, you know, I wrote this <laughs> album in dedication to Jandek and the idea that he might track me down and murder me. And I sent it to him and he replied back. And just, so I was like, I got to hear this album, you know, and I, I don't remember what site it was on at that time. Like there were, it was the early days. Of, I sent you a copy. You said, Oh, you did. You, you sent me a physical, physical copy. copy. That's right. Is that, do you have that still? No, I've moved so many times. Man, yeah. I probably have one back somewhere in I, you know what in reality i've probably got it in a tote in a yeah. box because yeah. yeah. i'm yeah. really bad about not throwing out cds or tapes or stuff like that but i never listen to them i, I just don't have them think i would want closet. anyone to hear it though. <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do that to you <laughs> so well okay so so we'll press pause on that yeah. story let's talk about you for a second all right so you are a florida boy yeah i'm floridian what where yeah. specifically i was born in um sarasota and i was mostly raised in sebring Okay. Did you know the Burke brothers or because I didn't know the Burke brothers. I was, and obviously you would have to know everybody. Yeah, I didn't know them. I was in a band with uh, Jeremy Shiflett from okay. Dead Mirrors. Sure. I was one of the Derricks in, okay. uh, in his Sebring band. Oh, very cool. So, um, but yeah. So tell me about your family, big family, small family, medium, a uh, small family. Right. Uh, it's just me. Only child. Okay. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. My Love parents only children. My parents didn't need a mulligan. I'm I'm an only child as well, yeah. and so I I have spent a lot of time obsessing over how that screwed me up. So. Yeah, it definitely screws us up. Yeah, it does. I, for I've, sure. I've I've been trying to conscientiously work on not having some of the things that I would naturally, you know, like natural reactions and kind of remembering like, wait a minute, like, well, I've seen it manifest in two ways. And, and I'll be interested in your opinion on this. There's the one way, which is the person becomes very selfish, self-centered mm. because they grew up with two, one or two people just kind of feeding them hand and foot, you know, just yeah. taking care of them. That's the one way. The other thing is, is without siblings that are age, like within your age range, you only have adults to emotionally mirror or mm -hmm. watch or key into, and it matures you much quick, much more quickly. Yeah, I would say I would say both of those, like facets of both of those, were true in my experience. Like I, I know I was a real piece of shit in my twenties. Were you? you know? Yeah, what like kind of piece of shit. Just, just, just self centered and and not considerate towards yeah. other people as much, you know. And I, I was never like a outright malicious towards people but i look back on like some of the behaviors and i was like oh you were kind of a shithead yeah you know um i think it was more the just not really considering other people's perspectives were you your know? parents young old well yeah my parents were like 21 and okay like so they were figuring out as they were yeah raising. and I, they divorced when i was two so i don't remember them initially being married and then i've moved back and forth between them and grandparents i i, I don't think i ever lived anywhere more than a couple years before they get kind of sick of me. Sure. <laughs> me to somebody else. Did you finish high um, school or? Yeah, I did finish high school. Yeah, yeah. Were and you then an athlete, a musician. Oh no, I was a I was a weirdo. I was yeah. a I was a musician. I've been playing like in bands since I was twelve, 
but they were all just like little, you know, a couple buddies, you know. Metal, punk, hardcore, that sort of thing? Or? Um, Yeah, I started out with like metal and rock. Um, didn't learn to appreciate punk until I was older, like probably, like, like never mind kind of introduced me to, to punk, you know. That's another one of those gateway. Yeah, that was, that, that was like. They'll introduce you to the Melvins and the Pixies. Yeah, and, and yeah. And Steve Albini and then all these people and you start going backwards, Big Black. You exactly, like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Prior to that, it was like, uh, it was, <laughs> it was hair metal when, when I first started playing and then like heavier metal, you know, like Metallica. And How old are you? I'm a uh, 44. Okay, I'm 46. So yeah, we're, we're yeah. right linked up there. Um, yeah, no, I remember for, uh, it was funny. I, there was a post recently on Facebook and it was like all these albums came out within four months of each other. And it was like Bad Motor Finger, Pearl Jan 10, Nevermind, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, something else. It was like, you know, like staples that everybody knows. It was like that was the raddest four months ever of <laughs> yeah. this stuff coming out. And that was right around. For me, like eighth, ninth grade. So. Yeah, 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 same. But hair metal, I, I mean, I definitely, you know, I remember Motley Crue very clearly. Mm. And then Guns N' Roses was kind of like, are they hair metal or what are they? I mean, they have hair, but they're playing yeah, some pretty, you I know. Think they, I think they broke that hair metal mold. I think they were, they they took it somewhere else. But like, um, yeah, the hair, I didn't even like, like the tough hair metal like Motley Crue when I was a little kid. You yeah, know, it was yeah. like. Poison and Def Leppard and you well, know. Well, <laughs> do you remember the tape, the order, the tape club? What's it called? The B and G or whatever. It's like you'd send a dollar. Like the Columbia get... House. Yeah, thing? yeah. I remember. I had Prince, nineteen ninety nine. I had. Uh, it wasn't Saturday Night Staying Alive. Mm -hmm. and there's something else. I think it was like Duran Duran or something. And I wore those out. Yeah, Duran Duran, Staying Alive, and Prince, which, which at various points in my life was either embarrassing or like super cool. I think I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've kind of Prince is Prince is pretty cool. Oh, Prince is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it never at the time was aware of what an amazing guitar player, what an yeah, amazing yeah. musician he was. But, uh, you know, ever since I saw that video of him playing with Petty, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like, Oh, but, um, anyway, so, uh, so you were playing throughout high school playing music. Yeah. As much as I could, you know, it's, it's, Anything to an audience or just in garages or just in your I mean bedroom? we played like we played some middle school talent show, you know. And uh, who were your who were your favorites in high school? Do you remember? In high school? Yeah. In high school, but like uh Nevermind came out when I was in like I wanna say middle school. Mm -hmm. So by that point it was like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh Did you do both metal and grunge at the same time or were you all the way into grunge? Um I was I was real far into grunge but like i didn't turn my nose up at metal sure you know it was like i still appreciated metal because i i'd been big into like metallica and stuff like that and then those are the dark like, years of metallica the yeah well i mean the haircuts and the yeah the makeup and black yeah. album is where i started going oh you yeah, know yeah. like but like and justice for all i rocked that oh, that's a, yeah yeah and then i of course like you do when you're a kid i don't know if people still do it now with how accessible music is to everyone all the time. But it used to be like special, like you get an album and it's like, I'm going to sit down and spend time with this and I'm going to pour over the well, liner notes. Vinyl and... Now people are kind of going back to that, but hadn't yeah. been that way for a while. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, like I got introduced with, uh, and justice and then went back and got, you know, all the old ones and stuff. And then like Tesla, I loved Tesla. Oh, yeah. I and I did Tesla. the same yeah. thing, you know, like all those bands, like Def Leppard, I got into with hysteria, but like high and dry is a, to this day, High and Dry is a kick-ass album. It's a I, it's a really good start album. On Def Leppard. Yeah, we'll talk about Def Leppard for next <laughs> right. three hours. I fucking love Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah, I've I for for many years I was a uh, 
it was like like uh, my shameful secret like i don't like this hair metal shit but i do like sugar it on me i yeah. remember that song when it was on q105 it's whatever that adele song is that's out now that so i just got a new car it's mm. not a new car but it's a new car to me and for whatever reason no matter what i'm listening to when i turn the car off the radio is on when i turn it on i don't know why it does that but every i've had the car now for about two and a half months I think I'm batting a thousand on Adele being on every I, time I turn the car on. So I've heard you bring up this angry you've had with Adele for the past a, like two or three Adele episodes version. of your podcast. It's, it's, and it, I think it's great. It's because of the new car. Yeah. She's just building it for me. I, I didn't mind her. I mean, yeah, I she wasn't a problem before. But I didn't now seek it's her like, out, but she's yeah. like, she's hot. She's my Jandak. Yeah, like, she's she's around every corner. Like Adele yeah. Yeah. Like scissors or something. Oh, that's great. Um. Anyway, so after high school, work. Playing, bumming around college. Yeah, I, I no, I never went to college. Um, yeah, I just stayed. I stayed busy playing in bands. Um, and like, I never, I never went the um, the cover band route. Okay, you know, it was always just all original bands with groups of friends, and um, you know, would have weird little a lot of a lot of the stuff I did was goofy, and then like um, I I got in that band. With uh, Jeremy Shiflet, that hardcore band, Sadia. Right. And um, that opened up a lot of stuff for me. Like, I met people who are still, like, lifelong friends here in Tampa through playing with that band and stuff. Met other people that when that band eventually... And what year are we talking when you're running into Jeremy? Um, I knew Jeremy when we were in high school. Like, okay. I used to give him rides to, to school and... I, I think we'd like skip and smoke pot occasionally. That's That's true. Rat, <laughs> rat them out, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't start playing with them until I was in my twenties. I was in like because it was Sebring. It's a very small town, so there's like two or three bands, sure. you know. And uh, he had this. He had that band, and um, at first it was like. You know, oh, that's a little kid band because he's a couple years younger yeah. than me. I was like, ah, you know, good for them. You yeah. know, blah blah blah. But I didn't really take them seriously. And then they got a, uh, they got this drummer in there, and the drummer, you know, a drummer will make the whole band. Oh, for sure, that they changes up. The- yeah, they got this kid in here in there playing drums who was like fourteen or something when you know when we we're all like in our twenties. But, but he he played full of piss and vinegar. He just, was yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Um, and then their one guitar player. Uh, got married and moved away and i was like well i'll come play with you guys you know so i, I was fortunate enough that they let me in at that point because none of my bands were doing shit right right <laughs> you know so so is this is this early 2000s or yeah it's got to be early 2000s um i wanted i was in my early 20s so you know i was born in 78 so yeah okay now where so when is when is the meetup between you guys the jandek conspiracy that was years later Oh, so not too not too far apart. Yeah, it was it was shortly after that band broke up and I had moved to Sarasota and I was renting like it was like a converted carport. I had a cousin who owned, she was like my mom's cousin so my I don't know. I think that's still technically your cousin and not your second cousin but there's some weird cousin lo- rule there, but she had a carport. Beware of anybody who's too familiar with cousin. <laughs> yeah, <rules>. yeah. <laughs> anybody who knows the lines too clearly. I got, I've got, I'm, I'm an only child, but I have like 45 cousins or some shit. But um, she had basically. No, let me let me just inter- let me just interject. Do you know how often that happens? I'm, I'm sure it happens a lot. Like people come from a lot of brothers and sisters. I have it in cases a lot, and I'm yeah. like. 
they're like, oh, well, it's fine. It's, it's, it's legal. And it's like, well, there's legal and then there's prudent, you know, like, I don't know that, you know. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying it's legal to have that many kids? No, that- within a certain, no, within a certain separation, you can be intimate with your cousin, a certain number. Oh, that's not where I was going at all. No, I know, but this is what I'm telling you. This is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. of people who know cousins. Oh, that's true. Well. That- I was, I was making, Shane, Shane knew yeah, what I was I saying. Got it. I, I seem to, I seem to recall that being discussed in the schools in in Highlands County, where it was like, if the Surprise. cousin's this far removed, you don't have to worry genetically yeah. about you, you know. You have to worry about other things, <laughs> yeah. not genetically. Which is <laughs> now now that we're thinking about it, that's a that is an interesting thing to teach kids in that school. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like, guess it comes up a lot. There. Yeah, I guess you can beg your cousin if they're you know, <laughs> three three your, your third cousin three times removed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so after the band broke up. It, it, or do you start doing? Oh yeah, outsider well, music or? Well, I had moved. I had moved to uh, to my cousin's carport. Basically, she like put she put like that siding up on sure. the carport. No, no insulation. I'm no stranger to converted carports. Yeah, yeah. It was. I know all about it. It was a really rough, miserable existence, honestly. Um, and I was just living there alone. I'd been in a relationship, and and we broke up, and I moved there, and I didn't know anybody, and I worked graveyard shift, and I didn't make enough money to like have a phone. Right. Or internet at my house or at my apartment and stuff. But I worked overnights at this uh, brain injury rehab and had access to a computer. So I would just, you know, fuck around on the computer, basically. And that was in the AOL instant messenger days. And I was reading through the thing. And that's where I I, uh, encountered Shay's post. And then I just hit her up on instant messenger and was like, yeah, I'd be interested to hear that, blah, blah, blah. And she sent it to me. And then we, we began talking like every night. And then I eventually, uh, that was a, like I said, a miserable experience for me living there in that carport. So I eventually just like, I got like $1,500 and thought I was rich. Sure. So I was like, I quit my job. Fuck this, I'm out <laughs> Yeah, here. I'm fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I packed, I packed my belongings in a car and just drove up to Ohio because I had some kin up there. And I was like, I'm going to try and get a new startup in Ohio, you know, but all I did, like when I got up there, I hooked up with two cousins of mine who were like, um, they were members of like those private clubs, like the Eagles Lodge and the Moose Lodge. Sure. And they were young for that, but like it was a small dead town in Ohio. So that's all there is to do. Yeah. And so they started taking me there with them. And since they're private clubs, you can gamble. Okay. So we would just go there. Turn that thousand dollars into five hundred dollars. Well, a like, night. Yeah. no, no, like I. I did well. Oh, you like, did? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I supported myself for like a couple months just playing cards. Really? Yeah, just oh, playing wow. cards every day. Did you know day. how to play before? Or? Yeah, yeah. I come really a lot of cards in the family. Okay. Yeah, so so like I'd make enough money to like feed myself, buy drinks, get smokes, do what, you know, basically whatever I wanted to do and um, just playing cards. And then I kept in contact with Shay. I kept buying like uh, long distance phone cards and would call her and she was just a state away. So we eventually went to Kings Island. Mm-hmm. We went to Kings Island together Just on a an date. amusement park. Yeah, yeah. I, I still can't get over the fact that Jandick brought the two of you together. It's yeah. it's weird. Like it that's going to be yeah. hard for me to get past for the rest of this interview. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, so you're in Ohio now. It's funny I, I, you you mentioned Sarasota, and it's not something that I'm. I've always been aware of Sarasota, having grown up in St. Pete. But uh, I, I it, it's always been this kind of weird place to me. Uh, you know. Since then, my wife and I, we got married on Anna Maria Island. We go down mm-hmm. every summer. So I'm familiar with the Palmetto, all these things. But you have very poor neighborhoods, extremely wealthy neighborhoods. 
And it's just kind of, it, it can be a lot of different places depending on where you're talking about in my yeah, experience. Yeah. And then, you know, through talking with the Burke brothers and then Owen, you know, uh, when he came in and talked to me, I know he was living down there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there is, there is a scene down there that I, I don't know if. Yeah, I, I think there is. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with it. Sure. Though. Um, when I was, when I was living in Sarasota, other than like when I was in middle school and early high school, I didn't really have any, uh any bands going on like sure. when i was when i was living in that carport i was just recording stuff right you know with a little 424 the car the carport sessions yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so you're in ohio you guys start hanging out going to amusement parks then yeah. where does it go from there then uh i kind of wore out my welcome i think they got, like my aunt <laughs> got tired of me. Or in ohio <laughs> in ohio <laughs> i think i think my aunt got tired of me crashing on the couch and i was like uh I kind of missed Florida, you know, and I knew I had people that would let me crash on their couch. Yeah. I got on my yeah. feet. So I came back down to Florida and, and did that. And then we stayed in contact mm -hmm. and you, you went back to college, right? Uh -huh. You want yeah. to pick up the story from here? Well, I mean, I was, I was in PA when I was out of like during the summer uh -huh. or, you know, winter break, but most when I, it was school, I was in, down in Virginia and yeah, so he went back to Florida. I had to go back to school, and uh, I finished. Well, I took a semester off mm -hmm. after we had started talking, and I moved down and lived in with him down in Sebring. And then, um, yeah, then I had to go back to school. I finished my last year, and then once I graduated, I just moved down yeah. here, and what I've been here degree? since. English, creative oh, writing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So your 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 lyrics actually make sense and are. Somewhat. I, they, they make sense to, <laughs> to me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she put a little. She made a little um, mar marginalia zine for the uh, CD. Uh -huh. That kind of gives like some of the some minor explanation and hints as to what the lyrics are about and stuff. So well, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, when you come down here, how was that tough for you? Was that a big a big thing emotionally? Was that it was a huge culture shock, really. <laughs> We um, were we were crazy hillbillies. We like <laughs> like when she first. I'm sorry to interrupt, but when she first moved down, we made her like go out in the front yard and roll her pants legs up and shotgun a full Sparks like those oh, 16 wow. ounce Sparks. Yeah. That was like her introduction to Florida. And I grew up pretty like my family, you know, was conservative, religious, and I was pretty much like a goody goody. Like, sure, I didn't have I didn't drink alcohol until my 21st birthday. You know, stuff like that. So. Coming down to Florida and like being with him and, you know, I think the f I moved down here in August. My birthday is in September. And for my birthday, he and one of his friends, they took me to the strip club. Oh, wow. And, you know, so it was just a complete yeah. new world for me. And it, it was hard. We were living in Temple Terrace at the time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and you just you could have just said you were living in temple terrace you know, yeah it, well that, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so i pretty much hate until we moved to seminal heights yeah i was like i can't handle florida i can't do this this but is 2005 2006 this was 2007 yeah yeah so you guys have been together for a while yeah, yeah we've been yeah. together a long time yeah that's impressive yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm where people come when it doesn't work out. So I'm always <laughs> I'm always uh, surprised, you know, when it when it does work out. So, so how long were you in Temple Terrace before you moved the Heights? Mm, a year or two. Three years. Three I years. Think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two and a half. Three years. Yeah. 
And were you, when did you guys start playing? Like kind of, you know, ingratiating yourself to the scene or kind of, you know. Well, he was already in it. Okay. And um, we, he was already in it because he was playing like, you know, he had been playing in bands with Jeremy and some of his other friends and like the Dukes of Hillsborough and things like that. And so he was already in it. Um, but it was 2008 when we, it was basically like, I hate it here in Tampa. Yeah. I don't know anyone. I'm bored. And sort of to like placate me, he's like, let's start a band. Yeah. I was like, I'll figure so, out how to play drums or something. Yeah. We'll start a band, you know? Yeah. And was that the, that was getting no. or was that a different, that was a different band. Yeah. What was that called? Elos Dos Pistoles. Elos Dos Pistoles. Something two guns. Something two guns. And the two, and the two guns. And the, and the two, two guns. guns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And what was that? Was that similar in concept to this, or something a little bit different? Or no, it was. It was. It was more punk, rock, yeah. sort like. If I say pop punk, that makes a very distinct impression in your mind, but it wasn't that. Sure. But it was just like these weird songs that I was writing that like didn't have choruses, and you know. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never played music like that in front of people before. So it was just kind of me getting thrown into this. I didn't know how to use a microphone. I didn't know how to like set up my amp and stuff like that. And so, but we did it for seven years. So, yeah. yeah. We did it for a while. Yeah. And was it just the two of you or were there other people? No, our, our friend Russ played bass. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he plays in Tension Electric. Tension Electric. Okay. Now. And you were drums? Yeah, yeah. And you were guitar, guitar. and singing. Yeah. I, I was mm -hmm. drums with air quotes. I'm a terrible drummer, but I, I, I just bought a bass drum and a snare and a hi hat and a crash. I want to be. I like, want. I aspire to be a terrible drummer. I, 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 I want. I've, I've, in, you know, far into my music passion, have only recently become kind of enamored by drums and drummers mm -hmm. and listening to that whole process and uh you know I, I every time i have a drummer on the show i talk to him about this podcast this this podcast called crash bang boom mm -hmm. and it's 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 all the hardcore drummers metal drummers and all this other stuff and i never you know realized what goes into drumming like it's the hardest job in the band well well so so a couple different ways we could go with that first is my my buddy uh my my buddy greg is sings wolf face and mm -hmm. uh they were doing a commercial for this liquid death water that you see everywhere. And so they're like, why don't you come to the studio and watch? And I was so excited to go. I was there for six hours and five hours and five and a half hours was miking the drums. Yeah. And the yeah. other 30 minutes was just the rest of them doing yeah. everything. I was like, holy shit, that's like a pain in the ass. It's like, well, if you get that wrong, then everything sucks. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's number one. But then, so there was that part of it as far as the recording part of it. Then there's the, you know, the foundation that it, sets for the rest of the band to do what they do but i even get into like the weird kind of ocd like you know how high is your seat like where do you put your mm -hmm. how far apart do you space your drums out you know what kind of rudiments do you do like do you focus on your breathing do you you know all this different stuff and then uh i've been posting about it because I, I went and saw tool uh on wednesday and danny carey the drummer is he's the star of the show. Like he's up on the front of the stage with everybody else on the side and the singer Maynard in the back. Yeah. So I had a clear view and I had good seats somehow and was just staring at him the whole time. And I mean, I'm not a big like kit person. Like I, I would prefer most bands. I like, you know, there's a, you know, 
Yeah. It's just a couple pieces to it. I'm not like a big Neil Peart guy, you know, with these rocket ships, all these pieces, but he used every goddamn piece of that drum set. Oh, yeah. Set. He's, he's, he's a phenom. He's, oh, my God. He's and he's amazing. 60 years old. I mean, yeah. he's an old guy and he's a big guy too, which I know like Bill Ward from Black Sabbath and, you know, John Bonham. I mean, it's not uncommon to have these big kind of like cavemen on the drums, but I mean, Dude is huge and yeah. he's quick. I mean, his hands are still fast. It was, it was. I mean, Tool gets uh, is kind of a divisive topic with people because there's very vast differing opinions on. Yeah, that. I think I think it's the Tool fans that ruin it for a lot of people. Well, yeah, no, you know? I, I think that could be true. So, uh, Elos dos pistoles. Yeah. Yes. And so that that's a thing for a while. You're doing drums. You got the mm-hmm. bass player. And you guys just play locally? Or are you touring no, with we, that? No, we did short little tours. We did, yeah. We yeah. did a couple little tours. And did that improve your enjoyment of Tampa, at least incrementally? Yeah. I mean, once we moved to Seminole Heights <laughs> and um, started meeting people and, you know, kind of becoming a part of the scene you know that's what really makes tampa for me is the people the people here are yeah. just so amazing i'm sorry to do this to you but i'm going to say this about her I, I i have heard your i heard your name for a long time before i was ever aware of who you were and there's a couple people that hold this position locally tom de george is another one but like everybody loves you just adores you like i i just hear <laughs> It just comes up. I don't know why, like Sean O'Brien or whomever that, you know, all the people in this world, I could kind of go around to the different people. But, you know, I, were you guys, I think I didn't, wasn't aware of it at the time, but were you guys involved in the, uh, that reading at Hooch and Hive? Wasn't, were, did you play there or were one of you there? What were you Mark, Mark and Ancius for his? I was supposed to. Okay. But. Because I remember you being somewhat involved or potentially yeah. involved, but then I knew a bunch of people got COVID that night or other people were sick. Well, and My father had just died. Oh, that's right. So, that's yeah. Right, that's right. Well, I, I, I'm very aware of that. But yeah. if you want to talk about that, I will. If you don't, we can steer clear of it. Because yeah. as no, you know, but, I've, I've, right. yeah. we've talked offline about right. that before. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. But yeah, but right. I was, I was supposed to be involved in okay. that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, your name comes up a lot in, in talk, at least in my experience, people that have come in here talking around town. And then uh, I was talking to the Have Gun guys and I just had Will Quinlan in on Sunday night. And that show was such a magical experience for me because as much of a music fan as I had been, this sounds so stupid, but I'd never watched the show from the side of a stage before or the back of a stage before. Right, yeah. And I got to watch all the people in the back, and it was such a loving experience. Everybody was super cool. Everybody was hugging and joking and laughing, and there was such this mutual admiration society. And you and I, yeah, you know, you introduce yourself to me. I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And, and it was just, so, it was so heartening and so heartwarming yes. to me. And I remember when you went out and sang, it was. I, I guess then this would have been still kind of as you were kind of, you know, coming out of not that you're, you know. Right, right. I, under, you hear what I know saying. what you mean. Yeah. I'm choosing my words carefully, but everybody was like pulling for you when you went out there. I was yeah. watching and they were like, and, and you killed it. You crushed it. It was, it was killer. Well, I get very nervous too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm very open and honest, probably more than I should be about that. And so I'm also my hardest harshest critic i think and everyone there is so nice and they're so supportive and for the last waltz you know i just every time you know i'm terrified that i'm going to screw it up when everyone else is so good you know 
but they do. They just root for you. And it's it's so amazing to, you know. Have you done all three of them? Yes. Yeah. I mean, such a crazy thing. Such that was it such. Is, and and yeah. my wife, who I, I, you know, my wife, you know, is a dancer and she loves music, but she's she comes her musical vocabulary and kind of upbringing are very different. Different, and so she didn't. She like I was explaining to her what the last waltz was. She mm -hmm. didn't have any idea, and you know, she always goes with me begrudgingly. I remember taking her to see Radiohead, and I was just the whole time <laughs> I was watching her. I was like, she hating this or she loving <laughs> it, you know? But at the last waltz, she was like adoring and then she was like palling around with everybody and i don't know that was just for me such a such a after covid and after not having live music and just kind of all this other stuff just i just thought that was so great and i met yeah. you know i met josh riley that night for the first mm -hmm. time and i met loris vidal that time monica delgado and yeah all these other people and and just such such amazing amazing people with amazing talent and it, they it's, really are. It, but yeah. it, it makes sense to me. You know, you're saying how open and honest you are about how nervous you get. That's probably endearing to the other people. So that's why they speak that way about <laughs> you is because they're just all pulling for you. So um, when Elos. Dos Pistoles. Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to get it. Um, there, well, there was there a band. Was was the band that Bright Eyes was in? Um, like Desperacitos. Yeah. 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 It, it, it rings a bell for me when you hear that name so that band ended what did it end just kind of just because it wasn't going anywhere was it just there... kind of fizzled the the our our friend rest didn't want to play bass in it anymore yeah yeah and, and um, we had been together the three of us since the beginning so it felt yeah it felt right. like it's not the same band yeah. you know it's not it wasn't a situation and frankly i didn't want to play drums anymore you know? <laughs> um but it it was one of those situations where like if it had been anyone else it wouldn't be that band so we might as well just start a new band and so where are we timeline-wise? Is this early 2010s? No, this is 2015. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's funny. 2015 seems like yesterday. Right, I know. Yeah, so I, know. I know, I know. Time has know. no meaning anymore. So, and then, then do you guys go right into Navin Avenue? Is there some downtime or how does how does that work? I think we went right in. We Like, I had started writing some songs while we were still doing Pistoles that didn't really fit with Pistoles. And so... Um, when Russ kind of made it known that he didn't want to do it anymore and all right, this is ending, then it was like, okay, well, we can take these songs and put it into this other, this new project. And you know what? We totally forgot to bring up Rodney and Elos Dos Pistoles oh, yeah, because that's true. Geez, I feel terrible now. Well, you're still on the show. You can, yeah, save, he, it. You can save it. He, uh, at one point during uh, Elos Dos, we toward brought the in, end. yeah, towards the end, we brought in our friend uh, Rodney. Smith, who um, he was in Radar Man, okay, and um, he came in as second guitar, and that make um, it easier for you or not yeah. really? Well, it added, I, I was it still playing guitar, but yeah. I, I I'm not a great guitar player, and so having playing a guitar and singing, I know it sounds so stupid, but that's like pulling a rabbit out of the hat for me. <laughs> like like that is just way harder than anybody understands that it is. Yeah, in my mind, <laughs> anyway. no. I I agree, but but having mm -hmm. someone there to kind of take some of the the finger work, I yeah. guess, yeah. is it's really nice. Yeah. So that was towards the end of Elos Dos Pistoles. Yeah, and, and then, then and then when that broke up, um, Rodney switched over to drums, yeah. and I switched over to guitar, and we we uh, got a bass player. Yeah, and then started Navin Avenue. Where does the name come from? Navin Avenue. On, living on Navin Avenue? No, we didn't live oh. on We never <laughs> lived on it, but we used to live in Seminole Heights over by there, and I just used to walk on it a lot. 
You did a lot of thinking on Navin Avenue. I did. Yeah. And like while I was walking, there's this like big pink house that I was always kind of obsessed with and just picturing like who's the person who lives here and then coming up with these characters and these stories and stuff like that. And so Navin Avenue is kind of it's a band, but I think of it more as like an like an art project kind of like all mm. of the songs to tell a story and <laughs> <laughs> I knew it it'd be perfect <laughs> so that's funny so as far as the sound goes was there a discussion as you know I want it to be this versus that or you know kind the- of I wanted it to be a country band yeah and Derek was like no we're not I, doing I can't do straight band. country yeah I can I can add some country elements but I, I couldn't do just straight up country I, I I've had that conversation with the have gun guys and with Will Quinlan and, mm. and you know so uh, I remember I, I, I grew up in St. Pete, went to college at UCF and Church Street. Have you guys ever been to Orlando? Or yeah. The mm-hmm. Church yeah. Street area where all yeah. the clubs were. There was this country club there called Eight Seconds and like they would bull ride in the back. And mm. I, I heard all that music. And for a minute, it was cool. That lifestyle was like cool to be in. Yeah. But I just I, I'm politically pretty progressive and mm. I've always had a, a real bad aversion to kind of the overtones of some of that music yeah and, yeah and well especially the pop country stuff well know? very much so but then you get back into the 70s and you mm. deal with you know the the outlaw yeah, country yeah. and mm-hmm. kind of all that other stuff and then you know i was talking to will about how big uncle tupelo was for him kind yeah. of mm. he, you know he i think was it jackson brown neil young and uncle tupelo are like his three touchstones that he's kind of yeah built his empire off of yeah. and so there's definitely that other world that until i say recently but again if 2015 is seven years ago i don't know how recently it was <laughs> I, I try to remember when i first became aware of wilco or first became aware of whiskey town or first mm-hmm. became aware of these artists i guess it would have had to have been late late 2000s ish when that started when the idea of alternative country kind of yeah yeah i I don't know who it was was it steve earl there's there's like one thing and then all of a sudden i started hearing about it all the time and it's like okay there's this alternate universe of country right yeah you know and people actually care about this that or the other yeah Yeah, that was definitely the more of the country that i was aiming for i wasn't trying to be alan jackson yeah Florida Georgia line yeah. or something like that, you know. Well, you like... probably crush it at Strawberry Festival. You guys have a, yeah, yeah, huge there. So, uh, so, and then you you just had a bunch of songs that you had already kind of written for the old band, and then built off of that with new material. Or? Well, I was writing them. That okay. I didn't think of them so much as for the old band, but you know, because I play solo too. Sure. And so some of the songs, it was like, okay, this is not like an Elos especially style of song so i'll just save it for solo or whatever but then the solo songs kind of it was like when we segued into this new band it was like oh these kind of fit and they go together and you know i knew that i wanted to have like this narrative and it, they were slowly coming together in that sense so yeah and i just kept doing kept writing more and filling out the story and stuff like that and you know we had a couple iterations of the band but when we got Jeff Brower on bass. It was me and Derek and Rodney on drums and then Jeff on bass and that kind of locked in. Yeah, that's, really, yeah, really, that's yeah, when it, that's when it was like, okay, okay, we, yeah. we really got. What's the process for you? What comes first? Do you melody, lyrics, uh For me it's lyrics first. Lyrics and melody usually come together and then I kind of figure out 
the chords that go under that. And then do you bring it to the rest of the band and they ride around it? Yeah. 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 And uh, do you guys have a practice space or do you kind of do yeah, it we, uh, in we, your own? We practice over at uh, Atomic. Atomic. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so as far as recordings, what has Navin Avenue put out so far? This. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This one that we brought you today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been a long, it's been a long, long process, but like, um, I think you were kind of getting into like Navin Avenue. We, when we first were talking about doing it, the idea was like, it's not really a band as much as it is like a project. Love so that. like, she's got a vision for the full story. Cause she, you, you've called it a novel and song before mm-hmm. instead of like an album. And so, like, it's three parts. So once the three are done, then Navin Avenue is pretty much done. You know, it's like we just want to get the story told. I love that. You know, it's a very there seems to be and and maybe this has always kind of existed, but I'm I'm noticing it again more where people kind of conceptually are doing different things with music. That isn't the just put a a new album out every three years or whatever. You know, I was talking to the Half Gun guys and they're doing an EP and then three months later doing another EP. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I thought that's kind of cool. And, uh, you know, like, uh, this is completely random, but like Coheed and Cambria, they do. Like oh yeah. Yeah. They've been telling, they've been telling comic stories books for, that yeah. go along with their music. Yeah. And I, I, I always loved concept albums. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll watch movies and I'm like, Oh, I want someone to do a concept album of this movie. Like I used to be, I, I still like them, but I used to be really into Mastodon and Mastodon would always do like, they did one about Moby Dick and they do one about these other things. But did you ever see the movie, the witch? Yeah. Yeah. I want someone to make a concept album. That had to be like, that had to be like a black metal album, right? Well, it could go, it could be, you know, well, Jeremy's always talking to me about Amigo, the devil or whatever, like kind of murder folk kind of dark folk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That could work. That that could be interesting too. But uh, I, you know, I, I love the cinema. So, I was, you know, I I talk to people a lot of times about kind of what, when they're approaching an album or approaching a piece, like, what are they thinking about first? And for me, I'm very aesthetically driven. So it's like, you know, been, been working on this album and this record with these guys. And it's like, I knew what I wanted the the album cover to look like before we (laughs) even had any idea what the sound of the album was going to be or whatever. And so I like the idea of it being more than just whatever the music is. There's kind of a, what do you call it? Like a multi. You create your little universe. Yeah. What does Devin Brady call the peninsularium or that it's, it's a tactile. There's a, there's a phrase I'm blanking on it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I look to you. You're educated. Yeah. It's like a multi, multi. I'll, I'll think of it later. Um, in any event, but uh, no, I think that's rad. So where are we in the storyline of, of Navin Avenue? So this is our first, the first, so I conceive of it as being three books. So okay. this is book one. You know, so this is the very, the very beginning. Um, and it took a long time to get to, but I'm hoping that the next two sections are not going to take as long. Yeah. Have you but, started on those sections yet? Yeah, I have, I have, um, about five or six songs for the second one and a couple for the third. So you have a clear idea of kind of how it oh, ends. Oh, I have it all mapped out. You're not yeah. going to be lost where it's all a dream, like the TV show Lost. Right. No, no, like, no. Are you fucking kidding me? I just invested 10 years of my life in this book. It wasn't, it wasn't all a dream, though, in Lost. No, I know. I okay. Know. <laughs> I've had this argument on no, the internet yeah, many don't, times. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on Lost. <laughs> no, no. But no, it, was, I, it had its problems, but I, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't as upset as some people were. Yeah, with yeah. It. So, uh, and have you guys played it at all? Like this version, chapter one, the book one. What do you mean played Play, it? At played all? it out? You mean? Oh yeah, we've been we've, playing it for years. Yeah, we played, <laughs> we played a lot of it. You yeah, know, um, we usually only play like 
25, 30 minutes. Yeah. So we haven't played it all at once, uh-huh. um, but we will on the 19th. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. So yeah. we're talk a little bit about that show. Uh, it's at Hooch and Hive mm-hmm. on a... It's our album release show. It's our album release show. There's no cover. Yeah, okay. no cover uh, February 19th. Yeah. With, and this might come out after that. I don't know. But with Jeremy Gloff, okay. who you've talked with, and Deb Ruby. Jeremy Gloff, man. He's that great. Guy is, yeah. In another world. Man. Yeah. He's he just a trip. Yeah. I, I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, just super sweet, talented guy. So that's, I, I just, I, you know, you guys, Jeremy, all these people that are local, I, I don't know what other towns have, but I feel like Tampa's just the best kept secret. I feel like Tampa's got something really special. Really and maybe, yeah. maybe I'm biased because I live here, but like even before I lived here, you know, um, I had lived in Orlando. Uh-huh. I, you know, um, I, there was just something about, I mean, the, the people that I met here in the music scene that was here then, even who I'm, I'm still friends with all those people you know yeah. right uh is what made me want to move here because it was like it just it didn't have a lot of the uh it didn't have a lot of the bs that i saw in other scenes like people yeah. were just like nice real people yeah. yeah 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 well i mean there there are clicks that i've i've seen here and there but generally everybody yeah. seems to be that's saint pete like saint <laughs> pete's not tampa yeah <laughs> that's true well, it's funny. It's funny. I, you know, being from St. Pete, uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I try to get St. Pete musicians to come on. And they're yeah. like, you'd think I lived in like Portland. I was yeah. like, it's, it's like, come over to Andy and shoot up, shoot up, you know. They're all bougie. It's like a 20 minute, 25 minute draw. You yeah. know, it's not the yeah. worst thing in the world. The St. Like, Pete thinks they're better than us because their parents have trust funds set up for them there. Well, my favorite, do you know, do you know Pat Clemoish? Perchance, no. He, uh, no. he is he was a guitar he was the one of the first guitarists in this band the hip abduction but i went to high school with him and he was this very quiet meek blonde like one of those like almost albino like blonde white light skin and i don't think in all of high school i ever heard him say two words uh and he was friends of friends but i you know didn't you know know much about him and then Many, many years later, before I knew what Gasparilla, like one of the first versions of Gasparilla Music Festival, our friends were like, yeah, we're going to go see uh, Pat play. And I was like, who's Pat? And I said, Pat Clemwich. I was like, oh, from high school? I said, yeah. So we went there and it's this band, The Hip Abduction. And afterwards, Pat comes out and he looks like Thor. Like he's like six <laughs> foot five, long blonde hair, <laughs> built like a brick shit house. And I've been watching him play and there's a part of the song where he's like rapping in Portuguese and he plays the Kamala and Goni, like this African instrument and all this other stuff. And turns out he is a world champion paddleboarder, like (laughs) paddleboard races between all the islands in Hawaii. He's a Harvard graduate doctor allergist who raps in Portuguese, plays the Kamala and Goni, (laughs) looks like Thor. And I was like, I had to, like this existential crisis. It's like, yeah. what the fuck have I been doing with my life? <laughs> and so anyway, the, the story where I was going with this is when I started this podcast, I always wanted him on mm-hmm. and finally got him to agree to do it. And he like, he's like Will Quinlan, like, like to get him to talk about it, It's like a fucking act of God to get him to do it. And I, I texted him the address, but I te- accidentally texted him 3302 North Florida uh-huh. Street. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here waiting for him. It's like seven o'clock at night. And he's like, I'm here. And I go out in the parking lot. I was like, I don't see you. And he's like, I'm here at 3302 North Florida Street. And I was like, oh, fuck. And 
he was like at Bush Gardens, like, <laughs> and he came from St. Pete Beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Pete Beach oh, to come man. here, and I took him all the way to Bush Gardens, <laughs> and he was still cool. He turned around, he's like, "Okay, I'll be there in thirty minutes," and he came out, and and uh, but anyway, so um, well, uh, so you got your show coming up. Tell me, tell me the date again. Uh, February nineteenth. And you guys, uh, now you said you're are you, are you both doing solo stuff on the side, or just you, or? It, just Shay. Just I'm, me, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that material, is it this stuff or is it other stuff? Um, I don't do this material okay. anymore solo. I kind of I usually would play a song to introduce it to just see if it works, you know, if it's something I can play. But, you know, because there is a story, I know which songs go with the story and things like that. Are you like able that. to talk about the story at all or is it Sure. I mean it's sure. Or at least part one of part one of three. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's a metaphorical story, of okay. course, but it is about, you know, a, the pretentious quick blurb is it's like the story of a girl's process of individuation, you okay. know, but in that process, all of the things that you kind of have to kill off. So, you know, like familial ties or religious ties or, you know, love or the ego or things like that. So each section you know i kind of conceive it as each each album you know there's a distinct side a and side b so kind of like a vinyl you know and so each side is a different part of the story okay yeah that's very so, cool well yeah. not autobiographical biographical at all i'm sure i mean everything there's going to be some touch you know sure. it, it's kind of a journey to like a, a, a road novel and so, you know, it starts out in Western PA and yeah. heads to Virginia and ends up in Florida, you know. So, of course, there are pieces pulled, but, you know, I've never... You didn't burn down your parents' house. Burn down house my parents' house or <laughs> something like that. Well, I mean, yeah. Got, yeah. No murder. At the time, yeah. No. <laughs> so, but, well, that, I mean, I, I, I love, I mean, I love the fact of telling a story over multiple albums, and I think that's very cool. Now, what about you? Or is this your sole endeavor? Or? No, I also play in a band called uh, Former Contenders okay. um, with some members of a uh, flat stanley i don't okay. know if you've ever heard sure, of sure yeah yeah and then melissa she plays violin okay um david kibby plays yeah, guitar yeah. in it as well tom buck and uh fred from flat stanley are in that we just uh we just started recording with scott over at ever loving studios oh yeah so we're doing he's so it. cool yeah he, it was a great recording experience he's, he's really a good dude i like really him a lot. pleasant dude to be around yeah but, yeah i haven't been to his studio yet but i, I i'd like to see it i was I was trying to figure out voice effects and I posted about it on Facebook yeah. and yeah. I got all this. Now I have too much good advice. Now <laughs> yeah. it's like, Oh shit. Now I've got to figure out who I'm going to listen to, but I, I definitely uh, want to check. It's funny. That's the other thing is how many little studios there are. Oh yeah. I mean, well, Sean, you know, Scott Owen mm -hmm. had his thing going right. and yeah. it's just like, and I don't even know what it is, but there's a, evidently a pretty famous one up here by King state that like bands from out of state are traveling to and recording it. You know, I, I, mm. Ryan Bosch. Ryan, I can't remember. Well, the, the band of horrors from yeah. Atlanta, they were down mm. here recording there, and I got okay. to have him on the show. This yeah. Year yeah. Band. Anyway, well, guys, I I think it's really rad that you guys came in. I know we've been talking about yeah. it for well, a little while. Thank you while. for having us. Yeah, no, thank I, you. I think it's great. I mean, I, I, you know, I definitely have enjoyed our conversations, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of about weird stuff. And then. <laughs> Obviously, it was great to finally meet you because I've always heard so much about you. And obviously, you know, talking about our parents and all that. Right. You know. yeah, yeah. Plus, we've got to start our business doing the. the oh, yeah. The, the nudity. Right. Nudity yes, I know. I, I, uh, I, I've wanted one of those forever. But, well, first off, I, I don't want to get one until I lose about 80 pounds. But 
the other things are friggin' expensive. Yeah. Right. Holy yeah. cow, it's like a car. And not very yeah. practical for Florida. That's we no. need to make nudie suits that are Florida. Seersucker nudie yeah, suits. Or something or like, like a that. Neopre- like a like a old, S- under armor like yeah, yeah, yeah. full drive. The, yeah, the, the drive yeah. wick material. Like Columbia, yeah, yeah, Columbia nudie suits. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you guys so much. Uh you guys thank are awesome. You. I can't wait to listen to that. Uh if you want, I can put a song uh, yeah please do okay we'll talk yeah. about that off air and we'll figure out what we're putting on there okay awesome but thank you g- give me one more time hooch and hive go ahead shay hooch and hive february 19th free show with navin avenue jeremy gloff and deb ruby i'm sure that place will be packed oh and i hope we'll, so we're gonna have a oh we'll have we've we've made a limited run of cds they're hand numbered there's only a hundred oh, wow. made so those will be available there. We have t-shirts. We've t-shirts. we've always been really bad at any kind of uh, promotion Business. or merchandising. <laughs> so if it sounds really awkward shoving this in at the end, that's, yeah, no, we're, we're trying it. to be better at it. But I have this idea that I want to do. Uh, <clears throat> I've been told that this is not appropriate to call them these anymore. But I wanted to do Chinese stars for my law firm. Oh yeah, but oh. I, I've been invited. You can't call the them Chinese stars anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I oh, the Sheridan Shuriken line. There you go. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Like yeah. People trees in yeah. people's houses instead of like leaving a car on. Yeah, there. yeah. There's probably some problems with that that marketing ploy. A little bit. All right, guys. Well, have a nice weekend. Thank, <laughs> you, Thank so you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs>